is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. A fantasy nightmare. Oh my gosh, what a terrible start to Fantasy Week 13. Not that it matters or anything. Not that you need a win to get into your fantasy playoffs. And I'm back. See, if I had been on the show yesterday, Cowboys and Saints would have combined for at least 24 points, not the 13-10 win yesterday. What's up, Heath and Dave? No Jamie today. Good morning to Heath and Dave. Good morning, Adam. It's great to have you back. We, we missed the sound of your voice. I hope you're feeling better. Now, what type of evil curse did you put on the Saints that made them so bad yesterday? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What I, did you do this time? I guess I I kept their left tackle out. Um, they got whipped, man. They only I think they only gave up like two sacks, but uh, their offensive line just did not play well enough. And, or was it the Dallas defense playing well? Oh, they well played great. Great and defense. They were great. They're going to be a problem for a long time. Like I, they, their, their linebacking core is incredible. Also, Drew Brees did not play like Drew Brees. Michael Thomas did not play like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had three or four balls last night that were in his hands that did not result in catches. That's fair. And that doesn't happen. I mean, he was catching like no. 90% of his targets And he, he had coverage really tight on him, whether mm-hmm. it was Byron Jones or Chidobe uh, Awuzie. Awuzie. They were, they were locked on him, and they made it tough on him. But the thing that made it toughest of all on the Saints was that they had the ball for like... 23 minutes in the game. Yeah. And 20, that's 23.07. So they got, they were dominated by time of possession. And you got to give the Cowboys offense credit for maintaining uh, time of possession like they did. Other than Ezekiel Elliott, who was terrific as usual, and Zeke now has 19 or more fantasy points in non PPR and 25 or more fantasy points in PPR in four straight games. The best performer yesterday um, that, you know, that people may have started was the Saints DST. They scored 17. Well, it depends on your scoring system, but they are sack machines. They had seven sacks, 20 sacks in their last four games. And the Cowboys, by the way, currently lead the NFL in sacks allowed. They were third going into last night's game. They played an extra game. So the Giants and the Texans have time to catch up. But, uh, yeah, that's a that's something to keep in mind as well. The Cowboys do give up a lot of sacks, even when they right. have their left tackle available. Uh, but the Saints uh, were started in 29% of leagues, owned in 49%. They came through for you, DST-wise. I, I guess my question is, uh, well, two things. We'll talk about, you know, Saints on the road. Was this predictive of what we can expect the next two weeks at Tampa Bay and at Carolina? But uh, if you had Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Thomas, are you freaking out right now? Are you going super upside? You know how I feel. I never do that. I never... Uh, change my philosophy based on what happened on Thursday. But do you guys, and, and would you, if you had somebody lay an egg yesterday? I'm with you, Adam. I am not changing my process. I am going to play the players that I expect to score the most points, and I'm not going to play a player that I think has more upside. But what if the player that you originally started never had a lot of great upside to begin with? Like, you're not going to pull a Matt Breida from your lineup or trying to think of another receiver that like you might pull in Alshon Jeffrey at this point. I wasn't starting him anyway. You might not have, but others could have. And if they've got a chance, like we would have recommended Adam Humphreys over Alshon Jeffrey from the jump. We would have recommended Josh Reynolds over Alshon Jeffrey, but maybe people weren't convinced. Now they might recognize, all right, I got to take a chance. I've got this player on my line in my starting lineup who really hasn't been playing well. I don't think has a chance to play very well. Maybe in that type of specific situation, you make a move for a higher upside play. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and throw a hail mary unless, like, you started Thomas and Ingram and you went up against Ezekiel Elliott and the Saints DST. Just like that rare situation where you are already way behind and it's a must-win game. You figure you might be losing anyway. You might as well roll the dice with a high upside, um, low floor type of option. Now, do you guys have concerns? This is th- this is the third worst game of the year for Drew Brees, believe it or not. He scored nine fantasy points. He has two games with eight fantasy points. In those other two games, it seemed like he played better, just didn't really get the, the scores or the opportunities that was at the Giants and at the Vikings. This game, he didn't play all that well. Um, but that's three road games out of six 
with fewer than 10 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. That's mind blowing. And his next two games are at Tampa Bay and at Carolina. Does the Saints offense travel at Tampa Bay and at Carolina? It'll make you nervous, but I don't. It, it'll really come down to who else you have on your team with Drew Brees. I don't think you're going to bench him in the first round of the fantasy playoffs for uh, for you know whoever pops Baker off Mayfield. the waiver wire. Let me let me look to see who Baker plays in Week 14. It's a good match, just just for fun. I have him in beat the waiver wire. He's against Carolina, but like yeah, and he's at home against Carolina. But I trust Breeze. I mean, I, I do. I trust Breeze. I just this they had they barely had the ball, like you mentioned. He wasn't that bad. Like I think he's going to be fine next week at Tampa Bay. He, he was bad. He was bad by Drew Brees. Standards. By Drew Brees standards, he but, was bad by fan. He's going to be outside the top twenty quarterbacks. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was, was bad. bad for fantasy, but but he missed throws. Sure, I I think I'm not worried personally next week, but I but think, should we be? I don't. I mean, like any other quarterback. Against the Saints, we elevate them, or against the Buccaneers. I mean, we elevate them, and I would. I'm not going to have him ranked like outside of the top twelve. I don't expect next week, but I don't think he'll be in my top five. So I don't I'd, like. I don't like the track record of him outdoors on grass either. And it's not necessarily a Breeze thing as much as it is a Saints thing. Right. I think that they. My expectation next week will be that they have a higher percentage of their plays that are runs than they traditionally do. Right. And that game against Cincinnati was outdoors, but it wasn't on grass. Cincinnati uses turf. Tampa Co- Bay has grass. Coming into this game, he was averaging 80 fewer yards on the road than at home. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's more now. Um, yeah. And, and Michael Thomas, you anticipate being a top 10 receiver for you next week? Top 15 for sure. Do you have you're, any interest, guys? In case you don't want him in your top 12. I think there's a chance that he's 13. or like, This week, I don't have... DeAndre Hopkins or Antonio Brown are my top 10. So I mean, we're talking about two guys that it's going to be hard for us to rank outside of that range where you're used to seeing these guys. But in Thomas's case, he's had eight targets or fewer in four straight games. He's had five catches or less in three straight games. And uh, he's only had three games this year with over 100 yards. Four games this year with over 90 yards. I'm wondering if we're just kind of giving him a pass week in and week out um, based on just reputation from the beginning of the season and not really taking into effect what's going on around him. And we're just saying, oh, it's a fluke. Four guys scored touchdowns that we never heard of on Thanksgiving night, and he didn't do anything. Now is it a fluke again that he had five catches for 40 yards? He's been under 10 yards per catch three of his last four games. Uh, okay. Uh, so I guess we'll wait and see on that. I imagine most Michael Thomas owners are going to be starting Michael Thomas next week. Do you guys have any interest in Keith Kirkwood or Michael Gallup? I think Kirkwood's interesting. Gallup was really interesting, I thought. Because Man, Eli if Apple, he do try to take Amari Cooper away and leave him in those one-on-one situations against bad corners, Dak showed that he will target that. And he was one, like, Dak missed him by, what, two feet yeah. for Gallup being the top-scoring player in this game? Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He was wide open. That was a I would have freaked out if that happened. Because, uh, you know, I like Michael Gallup. Uh, you know what, Heath, you're probably right. Gallup is probably the better player to consider off waivers. I just, I like Kirkwood as a big receiver in this offense and they need, they need somebody to step up. I thought it would be Traquan Smith and for a game once upon a time, three weeks ago, it was Traquan Smith. And, And how about this playoff schedule? Eagles at home at the Colts, Buccaneers at home. That's Dallas. That's Dak Prescott. That's Michael Gallup. That's Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'd want to have Gallup on my bench if it's a deep league. I don't know if I'm rushing to use him as a number three receiver. I'm as I'm hoping I like that I have to make this decision in week 16, but uh, I have Dak and Prescott. I have, sorry, Dak and Winston in two leagues, and they're facing each other. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. It's obviously yeah. You might end up going with Dak. All right, guys. That's it for uh, Dallas and New Orleans. Amari Cooper. If he didn't have that fumble, would be a real nice game in PPR. But as it is, eight catches, seventy-five yards, and a fumble on eight targets. So he's he continues to be a big part of the offense. And I don't think you regret starting him. It won't be that good of a game in, in non PPR. In fact, five fantasy points in non PPR is gonna be pretty bad for you. But uh, the fumble hurts. Anyway, uh, we if you go to FanDuel.com slash FFT, you can compete against us or you can make your first deposit and get a $5 bonus. The contest for this week might not be ready yet if you, you know, 
depending on when you hear this and you go to try to sign up. But eventually it will be FanDuel.com slash FFT. Please check out the season, the 2008 Steelers. It's called the season, 2008 Steelers. Uh, they are chronicling their Super Bowl run. Dick LeBeau is this week's guest with Bryant McFadden. One episode per week, not a huge time commitment, and really cool stuff. Insights from coaches and players on a Super Bowl run. CBS Sports HQ is your home for 24-7 sports coverage. Download the CBS Sports app and start watching HQ on your over-the-top device. And I on Fantasy Football is our radio show that is on Saturday night, 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. Eye on Fantasy Football. It's on Sirius Channel 206. It's on CBS Sports Radio. It's on CBSSportsRadio.com. Let's get to some news and notes. Is that you and me on Saturday night, Adam? I never knew who I'm doing the show with until about a half hour before the show. I believe it's you and me. All right. There you go. I I could look, but it doesn't change my job. Uh, Hopefully I won't pass out, Dave. I'm getting to the point. If you do, I don't mind going solo if you don't feel well. No, I can do it. I might sure? pass out at some point during this podcast. It'll be a little... I'll make it crazy if you're not there, though. I'll start getting Pat from Ohio to co-host. I did the first two segments of last week's show by myself. Did you know that? I did. I heard about yeah, that. That's why he's sick. <laughs> yeah. He I, had to do too much work. Was it easy or was it hard? Did you enjoy it? Or I loved it. Or did you wish that you had a partner? I had a great time. It was awesome. I'd never done it before. It was a challenge for me. Um, Are you kidding me? Adam gets a forum to say whatever he thinks, and there was no one there to challenge him. And he just keeps giving takes and saying things, and everybody just it just it goes out into the abyss, and nothing comes back negative. We that had is a lot Adam's of dream. We had a lot of callers. Now the first <laughs> the first few minutes of the show, I spent talking about how good I thought Austin Eckler would be if Melvin Gordon was out, and what I thought about Tyler Lockett when inevitably Doug Baldwin would be out, and neither of those things happened. So it was a great show. All right, here are your actual news and notes. <laughs> Marlon Mack practiced in full, guys. What do we think about Marlon Mack at Jacksonville? It's it's great that he's back. I would expect him to be like just inside the top 24 fantasy running backs. I think he has a shot to get you close to 90 total yards. I don't like his chances to score. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm agnostic, I guess, on his chances to score. I think he has about the, a similar chance that he does most weeks. Jacksonville's defense has been relatively difficult for running backs, but they have also are in just such a terrible spot right oh, now. I would expect a couple of short fields for the Colts' offense. Uh, he's a top 20-ish running back. I mean, they've been killing running backs lately, though, including Marlon Mack. He had 12, ca- 12 carries, 29 yards, two catches, nine yards just three weeks ago. And then James Conner had 25 rushing yards. Sean McCoy had 2.7 yards per carry, YPC for life, 17 carries or 46 yards. Uh, and that's a good, good comparison, I think. Sean McCoy or Marlon Mack? I'll take Shady. I'm taking Mac. We we had the rankings debate on yeah. uh, LaShawn McCoy yesterday. Yeah. Uh, all right, fine. How about a guy we already mentioned, Alshon Jeffrey or Marlon Mack? Mac. I feel safer with Mac. Adam Humphreys or Mac? Humphreys and PPR for sure. I think I'll probably take Humphreys and non PPR as well. Okay. Um. Yeah, they're about a push for me in PPR and non PPR. I'll take Mac. A.J. Green was limited in practice, but we expect him to play, right? Green? Yes. Okay. Stefan Diggs missed practice with a knee injury, but he expects to play. Are you downgrading Stefan Diggs at all? Not yet. Not yet. Let's see what happens Friday. Okay. Still a must-start guy, right? Yes. Okay. Xavier Rhodes missed practice, and I'm sorry I missed the preview yesterday, but it's a quick summary of what Xavier Rhodes would mean for, I guess, Josh Gordon. I think it's a game changer. I think Minnesota's defense operates differently if Xavier Rhodes isn't on the field. They don't. I don't know if they can blitz quite as much. They're going to have to rely on their front four to get to Brady, which I think they can still do. But I think they're more dangerous, obviously, with Xavier Rhodes taking away half the field. I might move Brady up from 18 to 17. Well, what about Josh Gordon? I might move him from 30 to 25. Okay. I might go. I might be a little more bullish than that. I already think the I already think the Patriots are focused on working around the Everson Griffin problem. They're smart enough to do that. Yeah, I just I don't know that Josh Gordon, even if Xavier Rhodes isn't there, I don't know if Josh Gordon is the answer to that. Is he is he any better than he was last week, or is last week the floor that you would expect for him? A five for seventy. I think he, he has a lower floor than that, but that would be about my expectation. I think that's I think that's a pretty safe floor for him if Xavier Rhodes does not play. Did you just hear me play the Heath is odd? No. I played it accidentally. I, sp- I, spilled wa- I spilled water on my laptop, and I was trying to wipe it up. 
and it was on the Heath is on button. And uh, oh, yeah, you have a Heath is on button. Well, it's like I've got this little soundboard app, and see, there's a button that says the Heath is on, and that's what I hit whenever the Heath is on. Um, all right, Danny Amendola missed practice. We're not ranking him as of now. Devin Funches returned to practice. And Jamie gave a stat out a couple of days ago, I believe, that was incorrect. He said Adam always cites it, that a wide receiver has scored against the 49ers in every game. No, a wide receiver has scored against the Buccaneers in every game. The 49ers have their own dubious wide receiver stat that we can talk about. But uh, Devin Funches back. Who's the wide receiver that scores against the Buccaneers this week? DJ, give me, give me, give me more. Give me more. Uh, Randall Cobb is expected to return. Does that make you more optimistic about any of the other Green Bay wide receivers that are not Devontae Adams? No. I want to see if MVS goes back to his uh, pre-drought role, but I'm not going to start him. Cobb could be interesting in PPR. Uh, Darren Sproles has a chance to play this week. They have the Monday night game. Jalen Ramsey did not practice. That obviously, along with Xavier Rhodes, would be you know pretty impactful stuff. Uh, I know you guys previewed that one yesterday. Mitchell Trubisky is out. Chase Daniel is going to start for the Bears. That's the last game we're previewing, so I'll ask you now, is there anyone in the passing game for the Bears that you are looking to start this week? I don't mind Taylor Gabriel as one of those high upside plays. He's way safer in PPR based on the target volume that we've seen from him. I don't know if they've officially ruled Trubisky out, but that's where it's trending. Um, Evan Ingram mispracticed. Deion Jones for Atlanta, their linebacker, he has a chance to play this week. Rams defensive back Aqib Tlaib is expected to play this week, and we're going to preview that game later. And really, you have to ask yourself how much does how much of a difference does one player Aqib Tlaib make? Statistically, he's made a huge difference. I don't know how legit it is. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was limited with a heel injury, but we expect him to play, right? Yes. Chris and a Tom- good matchup for him. Chris Thompson's expected to return. Would you rather start Chris Thompson or Marlon Mack in PPR? Mack. I believe I have Thompson right there. Uh, Vance McDonald practiced in full. So did Stefan Tuitt, Steelers defensive lineman. And linebacker Bud Dupree was limited in practice. They had a good practice report yesterday as they get ready for the Chargers. And do you expect the following players who are on the injury report? Peyton Barber against Carolina. I expect him to play. Yep. Carrion Johnson against the Rams. I do not expect him to play. Okay. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. I don't expect him to not play. Thank you, Dave. We expect Rodkowski. Jordan Reed. He'll go. Matt Breida. <clears throat> he should go. Doug Baldwin. Same as Breida. And Gus Edwards. I like to eat waffles. He'll play. Do you like waffles, waffles, pancakes, French, French toast? Rank them. I think we've done this before. Let's do it again. I think I'll go French toast, waffles, pancakes, but I really, I, they're all like top three for me. I like them all. I'm fat. Yeah, I'm not a big, uh, I, I would definitely go French toast, waffles, pancakes, but those no. those are not my choices no. for breakfast. What Pan- do you prefer? No, it's pancakes. Me- Wait a second. It's pancakes, waffles, French toast, just to set it straight. Now you can talk. Yeah, pancakes are the most overrated breakfast food. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm, I'm a big omelet. Bacon and eggs, biscuits and gravy, country potatoes. Mm. That That's breakfast. Those things you're talking about are dessert. I, I think just, I'm going to have breakfast for lunch today. I just had um, a bowl of oatmeal with blueberries and bananas. How is that? That's not That's not bad. Terrific breakfast. Very good for Very you. into it, yeah. Um, that's the Benjamin Watson of breakfast. Where to be grown up. What do you mean? It's terrible. It's not an exciting. Practice. Oh, it's so good. It's so I'm so into Better it. Better than pancakes. Oh, Heath. Hey, listen, the holidays are approaching, and you might be thinking about how you're going to save some extra money. Well, we've got a way that you haven't thought of. Consolidate your high interest credit card balances to a lower rate and save with Lightstream. This can actually save you really a lot of money. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 6.14% APR with auto pay. 6.14%. Okay, and that the national average credit card interest rate is over 19% APR. So you get a much lower rate on Lightstream.com. And by the way, the website you want to go to, Lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. If you have any credit card issues, please check it out, Lightstream.com slash FFT. 
not only are you getting a much lower rate, 6.14% with AutoPay, you can also get a loan, $5,000 to $100,000, and you can get your money the same day you apply. The application is 100% online, and there are no fees. I've checked out this website, lightstream.com slash FFT. It's really easy to use. I think it's going to be really helpful for a lot of people out there because Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate. And if you go to that URL... You can save even more with an additional interest rate discount. The only way to get it is at lightstream.com slash FFT. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.5% auto-pay auto uh, auto discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. All right, just a couple of rankings disputes. I know you guys had like five yesterday. Let's do a couple real quick here. And one of them is the start of the week. I wish Jamie were on today. He's out today, unfortunately. But I thought it was an interesting call because this is not a great matchup for Chris Carson. And uh, Heath and Dave are very different on Chris Carson. In non-PPR, Dave has Carson ninth, and Heath has him 21st. In PPR, Dave has Carson 11th against San Francisco, and Heath has Carson 30th. And uh, Jamie's got him 13th in non-PPR, 17th in PPR. So, yeah, dispute Chris Carson against the Niners. Heath, kick it off. I will say that I'm far more comfortable with my 21st in non-PPR ranking than my 30th in PPR ranking. I do. I mean, I think you have to knock him for the fact that he's probably not going to catch any passes. And there are running backs that are going to catch five or six. That's why he falls to 30th. But as far as the 21st part, I see a, a, a 70 to 80 yard game where you hope he scores a touchdown. I think that's a fine low end number two running back that has some upside from there, but it's not a great matchup. I do expect most of the touchdowns for Seattle to come from Russell Wilson this week. I think he mauls the 49ers. I think their defense is in big trouble with, uh, with, with, uh, with Foster Foster. Yeah. You, it doesn't, it hasn't really made that much of a difference. I went and looked really? at the game because it's been one game so far. No and Barber at over a hundred yards and a touchdown. No, no, no. Uh, he missed time at the beginning of the year. He was suspended early in the year. He's played like five games this year, Ruben Yeah, I, I think it's different now with the season moving on the way that it has. Um, oh, and Barber didn't have 100 and a touchdown. He no, he had a terrible game. He just scored. He, he just had, scored. He, yeah, he wasn't He wasn't good. So he, he missed the first four games of the year, is that right? He's played six games, Ruben Foster. And he missed the first and, two games of the year. Uh, and then he missed a few recently with injury, I believe. He, he, yeah, he hasn't really made that much of an impact. Because I was looking at that as well. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a huge... There's not a huge stat that I can okay. give. Stat so of the that game. was part of the equation. And I still believe that it is part of the equation. And I'm sorry for getting the Peyton Barber stat wrong. It's all right. By Barber standards, he was successful. He was. I think Seattle wants to try and re, regain their form running the football. It's what they've tried to do all year. This is a game where they can do it. I'm nervous about Russell Wilson um, throwing three touchdowns and having one of his big-time efficient games. I don't think the 49ers offense will hold up their end of the bargain. Don't see it as a competitive high-scoring game. I see it as a game where Chris Carson gets a lot of chances to run behind that offensive line that's done a good job popping up lanes for him to run through. And in his last six healthy games, he left one with an injury. He had 16 or more carries in five of six games, hit 11 or more fantasy points in non-PPR in five of six games, and I, uh, he's averaging 4.4 yards. He's have a good year. I do have um, – there have been six games this year, or five games this year, it looks like, that he did not play in. Foster. And uh, the Vikings running backs ran for 3.0 yards per carry. Lions actually 5.0. And then recently, Buccaneers 3.3. Giants with Saquon Barkley, 3.1, and Raiders, 4.4. Right. It's been I probably am a little too high. I'm probably a little aggressive on him. Well, he gets but a lot I of carries, like lot. so, you know, he's got a chance to score. All right, next rankings dispute is Theo Riddick. And you guys both agree Theo Riddick is not worth a look at non-PPR. But in PPR, Dave has Theo Riddick 36th, and Heath has Theo Riddick 22nd. Facing the Rams, Dave, go ahead. Why uh, so low on Theo Riddick? I just think his ceiling is 10 PPR fantasy points. He scored 12 PPR fantasy points last week. Yeah. Against a better defense. I don't really feel good about starting theoretic. This I week. don't feel, I don't feel good about it. I just, I think when you're talking about seven, six to seven catches, there has to be a pretty significant difference between where he's ranked in non PPR and PPR. Well, I think that goes without saying. 
Uh, yeah, I want to tell you where Theo Riddick has finished each of the last four weeks in PPR at running back. PPR only. And keep in mind, there are no buys this week, so you probably want to knock him down a little bit. But 21st, 22nd, 27th, 22nd. Uh, I bring this up because Riddick is 52% owned, and if you're really scrambling and you need just, you know, 10 to 14 PPR fantasy points, Riddick and, might get that for you. And I don't think he's likely to score a touchdown. In fact, of all the running backs I have ranked in the top 30, he may be the least likely to score a touchdown. But he's done that scoring zero touchdowns. Yeah. there is. It's not a 0% chance that he scores a touchdown. If and, he touches the ball eight to ten times. And Heath. The Rams yes. have allowed a receiving touchdown to a running back in three straight games. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now, they're very I good. Should, it, I should move him up. They, they allow the sixth fewest receiving yards per game to running backs, but three straight games, uh, which a running back has caught a touchdown. So uh, that's Theo Riddick. All right, real quick, we've got beat the waiver wire. Oh, wait, got to do the start meter Zero to ten for these guys. We'll get into them later in the show. David Johnson at Green Bay. Nine. Ten, you're going to start him. Nine. Aaron Rodgers against Arizona. You're going to start him, too. Eight. Nine. Aaron Jones. Eleven. Forty. Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard is like a five. Yeah, that's that's a good number. Jordan Howard at the Giants. Two. Yeah. Boy, you guys are really low on Jordan Howard. So it's are the Bears. The dream Can you matchup. do that thing you just did with Theo Riddick and tell us where Jordan Howard ranked the last four weeks? Uh, I can't tell you where he's ranked, but I can tell you what he's done the last four weeks. <laughs> I have that in the notes. Uh, he's been really bad. But the Giants, in their last four games, every lead running back who's faced the Giants has had his best or second best game of the season. Um, that's Adrian oh, so Peterson. That's great for... Tyreek Cohn. Maybe. I've got his PPR, his PPR points the last four weeks. Four, four, seven, two. He's faced the Bears twice. The Vikings. Oh, not the Bears. The Lions, the Lions twice, who are now really good against the run. The Vikings once, and I don't remember the other opponent. The Bills. The Bills. Uh, that's That That was disappointing. <laughs> I would start Jordan Howard over Theo Riddick and non-PPR. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Although now we're talking about Theo Riddick having a chance to score a touchdown. I don't know if Jordan Howard's got that good of a chance to score a touchdown. He's a great Who's got chance. the better chance to score between Howard and Riddick? I would say Howard. Howard. By how much? 18, Give me a percentage. 18%. 20%, 30%? 18. Uh, let's see. I have Jordan Howard with... What if a, this was your choice and for week 13 of the fantasy playoffs? You've got to pick one of these guys. I think he has a 25% chance better than Riddick. Okay. Week 13. More like week 13. With an A. Uh, Tariq Cohen, startometer. Seven. Five in non PPR, eight in PPR. Allen Robinson, startometer. Three in non PPR, four in PPR. Two. All right, beat the waiver wire is boring. Um, there are a lot of DSTs that you could want, that you could want next week, but just if you're a Bears DST owner, and maybe even a Vikings DST owner, they're at Seattle. Uh, but the Bears are facing the Rams. I don't think you want to start them in your fantasy playoffs. So Denver's at San Francisco. Tennessee's against Jacksonville. Pittsburgh's at Oakland. I'm not sure you have to make any transactions now. Uh, Baker Mayfield has Carolina. That was one quarterback that stood out. And uh, LeGarrette Blunt's at Arizona, guys. And Theo Riddick is also at Arizona. I don't know if that matters to you. I hope Carrion's back by then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to punk out on the segment. I just don't really think you need to beat the waiver wire. Is there any? Are there any stash candidates that you guys like? I, I, I would pick up your handcuff right now if if you have a dead roster spot, just in case. I mean, ju- yes, that that's I like that a lot. Um, Justin Jackson was a waiver wire guy this week, but he only got picked up in like a third of leagues, I think. So he is still yeah. a beat the waiver wire guy. That's not a bad guy to go and try and stash up now. Okay. All right, then. Let's go to the games. Baltimore's at Atlanta. Stat of the game for Gus Edwards. How many carries do you think Gus Edwards gets, guys? 18. 20. Beautiful, because there have been nine running backs with 13 or more carries against Atlanta. Eight of those nine running backs have scored 16 or more fantasy points in non-PPR, 20 or more fantasy points in PPR. The only exception was last week, Alvin Kamara. 
He had 14 carries for 89 yards, one catch for nine yards. He averaged 6.36 yards per carry. Atlanta is the worst against running backs. Well, we just saw last night that Alvin Kamara is not good anymore. It's 100% true. Gus Edwards is a lot better. The Alvin. only thing I will say about Gus Edwards is whatever you project him for in non-PPR, you should also project him for in PPR. I do not yeah. expect he catches a pass. Yeah. Um, but I think he's a top 10 running back in non-PPR and top 15 in PPR. Okay. Start him up. Uh, Lamar Jackson, guys. Starter sit. Keep getting the feeling that no matter where I rank him, it's going to be too low. And that he's just going to find ways to make plays like he did last week, but more so. Uh, I'm excited about him, and I'm excited about Marcus Mariota. And I look at the other quarterbacks I have ranked ahead of them, and there's 12 of them. And I go, these guys are good guys, and they've got good potential. But I don't know if they've got as much upside as these guys have. Uh, Jackson is a fun shot to take i would have started him over dak i'm still starting him over brady i'm starting him over cousins i i think the upside is very good definitely start him over breeze um he is a guy that it's very dependent on your scoring system for breeze yeah i i think he's a low-end starter in six points per pass touchdown and a must start in four yeah look everybody to sum it up everybody on baltimore is a good matchup um yeah, but the receivers you're not going to feel good about right. trusting. Yeah, and and, and for uh, for Jackson, would you start him? Would you start him over Matt Ryan? I'm not there yet. In four point per pass touchdown, I definitely would. Really? Okay. Uh, by the way, who's? I just want to look up Lamar Jackson's. I know he has a great schedule rest of the season, but who do they have next week? Because he's someone you could beat the waiver wire with. He's 58 percent owned. Uh, well, uh, they have Tampa Bay or. Can't, they're at Kansas City in week 14. Okay. And then home to Tampa Bay week 15. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's going to be top 15 for those games at least. Uh, any Baltimore wide receivers? I don't know which one is the best one. I, I think they're all very, very risky. Yep. Same with the tight ends. And, uh, yeah, oh, Ty Montgomery. We know Atlanta can't guard. I like Ty Montgomery a lot as a DFS punt. Okay, and if you're desperate to replace a running back this week in PPR, full PPR, I'd start him over Mark Ingram. All right, so Matt Ryan, uh, I, I, will you stop with that? <laughs> <laughs> you're just proving that I'm not listening. Uh, Matt Ryan is around tenth for you guys, and uh, yeah, like him, love him. You gotta like him anytime he's playing at home. This is not an easy matchup. He will be under pressure. I would expect him to make a couple of mistakes, but I'm not ruling out 300 yards and two touchdowns just because Baltimore's defense has come into town. I mean, is their defense that good? They're la- like the last three quarterbacks they faced. Cam Newton had 31 fantasy points. He did have 52 yards and a touchdown rushing. Roethlisberger had 28 fantasy points. He did have a rushing touchdown. And then Andy Dalton, 22 fantasy points without A.J. Green. Yeah, they're probably pretty good. I mean, the last one is the most surprising one. Yeah. The Dalton game. Yeah. Uh, all right. You wouldn't so, expect that from Dalton against so Steve. Who are some guys? Would you start Jameis Winston over Matt Ryan? Yes. Yes. Would you start Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? Rodgers. Starter sit Tevin Coleman. I don't want to use him. I think this is the toughest matchup for him. And we've seen the Falcons, for whatever reason, over the last couple of weeks, get away from their run game. 26 carries to their running backs over their last two games combined. That's Coleman and Judge Ito. Mm, I'm, I'm very hesitant to trust Tevin Coleman in a tough matchup. Now let me give you this handy-dandy stat. The Ravens allow the second-fewest fantasy points to running backs and 3.5 yards per carry to running backs, but... Five straight games, double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR, 13 or more fantasy points in PPR to a running back in five straight games for the Ravens. Three of those running backs had only 11 to 14 carries. Uh, Some good names here. Kamara, McCaffrey, Connor, Mixon, and Doug Martin uh, had a good game. So, I don't know. It's maybe something to keep in mind going forward. I understand the hesitance with, uh, with Tevin Coleman, but they haven't been very good against running backs lately. Just saying. We will see. Uh, well, it's hard to trust a running back whose team doesn't trust him. Let's use Marlon Mack, I guess, as the running back litmus test. Mack or Coleman? Mack. I, I have Mack ranked higher. 
Uh, Julio Jones is top five in both formats, six straight games with 100 yards. Start or sit Calvin Ridley? I would try and sit him. You know what I noticed about him? He's balled out against the Saints, and he's, he's averaged three and a half yards per catch against everybody else. He's balled, Dave? No, balled out. Mm. Oh, okay. He's pretty young. Not bald. He's got hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he has been amazing against the Saints. Um, and I then, think he's a high-end number three. Austin Hooper? I like him this week. I think he comes through. Ravens have struggled covering tight ends lately. He's a, he's a low. Jefferson might not play. Low-end number one. That That's a fine place to put him. Ravens. But I think he can come through. I think this could be a high-volume high target game for a Hooper. Yeah, Ray, he needs the targets because he has not been good unless he's had double-digit targets, and except for one game against the Panthers, who are the worst against tight ends. Ravens have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in four of their last five games. And would you start or would you drop the Ravens DST? Their next two games are at Atlanta, obviously, this weekend, at Kansas City. You can drop them. The only way I wouldn't, Adam, is if you're carrying two DSTs and what other, other, what other DST you have you'll use for the next two weeks, weeks 13 and 14. And then even then, Baltimore's at home against Tampa Bay in week 15. That's not so good. At the Chargers in week 16. I'm saying bye-bye to the Ravens DST. I I would rather start the Seahawks, Titans, Bills, Chiefs, Broncos. And those defenses were all somewhat available. If any of them are available, I would go get them. Other than that, I'd probably hold on to them. All right. Baltimore-Atlanta could be a really good game. And if you want to go to see Baltimore-Atlanta or the next game we're going to preview, which is Carolina-Tampa Bay, people, you know how to get there. You know the site that gives you guaranteed tickets. That's your go-to for concerts, comedy, theater, and, of course, sporting events. You know the site that's giving you $10 off your first purchase. That would be SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT to get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And you could take it from me because I honestly have the app on my phone, and it is the only place I go to when I need tickets. I know I'm getting a great deal because on SeatGeek, you search, you're getting multiple ticket sites. You're getting search results from multiple sites. And SeatGeek goes ahead and grades every ticket based on value. So it's very easy for you to see. Oh, these are great values. These are the seats I want. This is the one that fits my budget. Getting my bang for my buck. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, as I mentioned. That's huge. So get that SeatGeek app. Put it on your phone. Search for an event. SeatGeek will even tell you which events are coming to your area so you know what you're doing this weekend. And use the promo code FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, the code FFT. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Carolina is at Tampa Bay. Stat of the game number one. I'll use this every week until it's not true. A wide receiver's caught a touchdown against the Bucks in every game this season. We said it's going to be DJ Moore. Stat of the game number two. The Panthers allow the most fantasy points to tight ends. And as you can see, I didn't really have a great stat. I just kind of recycled stuff. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find one of those fun facts about Tampa Bay and share it with everybody. But uh, which tight end do you like better in this game? I like Bray better. I like Olsen better, but they're both good starts. Yeah, do you trust Olsen? Because, man, that guy, ugh, it's ugly. It's been ugly. Uh, It's been ugly ever since the last time he played Tampa Bay. The last time he played Tampa Bay, he was amazing. So... It depends on what you want to hang your hat on. The The last matchup he had against Tampa Bay, whose defense has changed a little bit. They've flipped in some new safeties, and it's made a difference. Their linebackers are getting healthier. Or do you go with the track record of what you've seen from him, which is not very good stats, despite the fact... He doesn't have very good stats, and it might be because DJ Moore has stepped up, and Curtis Samuel has stepped up, and Christian McCaffrey has been taking a lot of targets. And I wonder if he's kind of becoming a little bit of an afterthought now for Cam Newton. I just I think they're both low volume touchdown dependent tight ends that are in a high scoring game and will probably score a touchdown. They could both do that. Oh because wow. like Brait was kind of disappointing last week, really. He scored. No, he wasn't. He scored. He had three for twenty four. Yeah, but he scored. I mean, that's all you want when in a tight right. end. Right. Well, Olsen scored in two of his last four. Yeah, but he, I mean, 24 yards would be amazing for Greg Olson. <laughs> like, uh, he's had like less than 15 yards in what, three of, I in don't two know. straight games. He had 40 and 76 the two games before that. All right. Uh, uh, so Cam Newton is top four. No need to explain there. Jameis Winston is what? It's must start. Pretty damn close, unless you have Cam Newton. 
Well, I mean, if you've got Cam, yeah, are you talking just overall or? I mean, you could have Mahomes, Goff. I'd rather start Winston. Breeze. <laughs> I'd rather start Winston. <laughs> Roethlisberger. Yeah, he deserves some props for having Drew Brees ranked where he had him last night. Yeah, props. I was too high on him. You really were, but I was too high. I hit the button. <laughs> uh, all right, I well, have Jameis sixth. Jameis or Rodgers? I'll go Jameis. Uh, I've got Rodgers ranked higher right now. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I don't like it. You don't like it, but you're going to stick with it? Uh, <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, these are these are not good pass defenses. All right, Christian McCaffrey's a must start. Let's go to the other side. Peyton Barber, starter sit. Sit. Yeah, I don't want to use Peyton Barber. Peyton as, Barber. As much as I appreciate the workload that he's getting, I I don't want to trust him if I don't have to. Peyton Barber or Tevin Coleman? Coleman. I think Coleman. Peyton Barber or Adam Humphreys? Humphreys. Do the Humpty Hump. Who is the second best wide receiver in this game after Mike Evans? Gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> gimme more. Uh yeah, so is DJ Moore a must start guy? He's a number two receiver. You gotta love the volume, gotta like the matchup. Usage has been great. Easy first name to spell. Well, at least <laughs> the initials. I always get confused if he's one of those guys that has the periods or doesn't have the periods. Yeah. So I think maybe you guys can investigate. Do you know I... what his actual first name is? DJ. Deniston. Deniston. I think that... I'd go by DJ, too, if Deniston was my first name. I think we just changed his name on the site from no periods to periods. Yep. We did, right? I, I, that Earlier in the year, it was definitely no periods, so if it has periods now, then... Yeah. There's periods. I, I, I think as of as of this week, it now has periods. D period J. All right, so DJ Morbillov. Adam Humphreys, tell me what you expect from him. I think he continues to work the slot. I like the matchup for him. I think Jameis has developed rapport with him that he likes. Red zone threat for sure. And I think the Bucks are going to have to throw the ball quite a bit in this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had six-plus targets, which should mean four-plus catches. Uh, I think non-PPR, I think 10 fantasy points are in play. And in PPR, I think he continues. I think he's had 14-plus in four of his last five. I think he makes that five of his last six. I've got him at five for 59 with about a 50-50 shot of scoring. And uh, let me give you some some like running backs, maybe some iffy running backs. See for flex opinions here. Um, a Jacksonville running back or Adam Humphreys? Humphreys. Yeah. Theo Riddick or Humphreys? Humphreys. They're they're a little bit similar, but uh, in fact they're almost exactly similar. Yikes. Um, I'll go Humphreys, just barely. A Patriots running back or Adam Humphreys? Uh, definitely Michelle and non-PPR. I'll, I'll take the Patriots running backs in non-PPR. I'll make a Patriots running back sandwich in PPR. White, Humphreys, Sony. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so it's on white bread. Right? White? Right, yes. There you go. Very good. Thank you. Which white bread's terrible. Jeez, Heath. What is pancakes are terrible. White bread is what is with you? Sorry, let's cover it with biscuits and gravy and we'll go to the everything else sounds better. The trauma yeah. center afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to fight you on that one. Um I think that's pretty much it for this game, right? Uh, by the last question, does your opinion of Adam Humphreys change if Deshaun Jackson plays? Slightly. Slight slight knock. He's been playing well with Deshaun Jackson on the field already. Uh, Deshaun, or sorry, uh, Carolina DST, 14th and 15th for Dave and Jamie, and 8th for Heath, so he thinks Carolina DST might be worth using. You're looking for turnovers of Jameis the, Winston. The, they'll That's get a turnover or two. All right, we got, I think all, all the streaming DST's better. Uh, we, we got five games to get to, guys. Let's do it. Washington at Philadelphia. Stat of the game. Adrian Peterson is averaging 3.05 yards per carry. That's terrible. YPC for life in his last four games. However, the last five running backs... With 13 or more carries against the Eagles, have each had 71 or more rushing yards. Four of those five have had 100 or more rushing yards. That would be Barkley twice, Zeke, Ingram, and Kamara. So very good guys here. But the Eagles' run defense is falling apart. Do you have any hope for Adrian Peterson this week? I've got him just outside of my top 24. I've got him just inside my top 24 in non-PPR and well outside in PPR. 
All right. So we don't really want to start him. Are you starting any Redskins? <laughs> well, uh, Jordan, Jordan Reed. Yeah. Jordan Reed. That's it, right? And Adrian Peterson is flex-worthy. Like, Josh Doxson has 17 targets in his last two games. We know about the Eagles' secondary. Is, is there any sleeper appeal here for Doxson? Yes. There is some sleeper appeal for him and for their new slot receiver, Trey Quinn. Yeah. Who came up with a touchdown last week. I wouldn't expect him to do that again. But uh, I, I, I know the coaching staff likes him. He's caught nine of his last ten targets. He's not a downfield guy. He's your typical cheapo slot receiver. Adam Humphreys. Except... Except Humphreys is a little bit more explosive and in a little bit better offense with a little better quarterback. Uh, all right, and finally, Jordan Reed, would you start him over Cameron Braid and or Greg Olson? PPR, yes. Non-PPR, also yes. I would start him over both of them, yes. So he's a must-start guy. Yes. Jared Cook or Greg Olson, or uh, Jordan Reed? Jared Cook. Cook. Okay, so he's also a must-start guy. Uh, yes. Carson Wentz. You guys have him as a sit. He's around 15th for all three of the rankers, Jamie, Dave, Heath. Why? Uh, I think he's good. I don't think he's great. I I just think he's maybe 200 yards, two touchdowns. The Eagles are not protecting him very well, and he is not doing a very good job of performing under pressure. He has one touchdown pass and three interceptions in his last two games combined. He has three touchdowns and four interceptions in his last three games combined. Okay. Lamar Jackson or Wentz? Jackson. More upside. Yeah, i definitely go Jackson and four point for pass touchdown. Mariota or Wentz? Mariota and both. Marcus. Brady or Wentz? Wentz. Dave? I am... Uh, you have back-to-back. I know. I got Brady a spot higher than Wentz. Uh, Josh Adams, guys. Like him or love him. And the Redskins also have been struggling against the run lately. Love him. I I like him as the number two running back as long as Darren Sproles stays away. Keep him out of there. If Sproles comes back, that's going to take Adams further off the field. I don't think it will. Do you think it puts Corey Clement off the field? Yes. Or do you think Clement and Sproles split that third down work and Josh Adams just gets first and second down and that's it? I just think Josh Adams... And the running game won them that game against the Giants. Oh, I agree with you. He had what you're 22 saying. carries, and they said we need to get him more involved in the offense. And so I agree with Davey's number two running back, but he is my number one number two running back. You've got him 13? Yes. Is that what that means? Yes. He's, he's 15th for me now. He'll be right around there. Would you start Austin Eckler or Josh Adams? I'll go Adams and non PPR, Eckler and PPR. I'll go Eckler, but I would start Adams over Kamara or Ingram. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess hold on. Why, why isn't it playing? I, oh. It just did. What do you mean it just oh no it did it. Something screwed up here. I have to restart the app. Uh sorry, we'll get to the Heath is on a little bit later. You know what? It threw me off my game. Josh Adams are starting over Patriots running backs? Yes. Over Dalvin Cook? Yes. There we go. Any Eagles wide receivers for you? No, not that I feel confident in starting, which is part of the reason why Wentz is not in the top 12. Alshon is a number three receiver and a low-end number three at that. More like Al gone. They are. The Redskins have been awful against wide receivers lately. They allow the eighth most fantasy points to receivers. They've just like Amari Cooper had 180 yards and two touchdowns last week. Mari Cooper is better than all of the Eagles wide receivers. <laughs> Philly just is coming off of back-to-back games against the Saints and Giants. That's honestly, we're not talking about dominant pass defenses. No, we are though. I mean, if you look at at recent trends for the Saints and the Giants all year long, I mean, I, I bet the Giants are top ten in fantasy points allowed. Yeah, to, Philadelphia to owned the Giants when they played them earlier. This I understand year. that. Look, yeah, I, okay, I get and it. The Saints, not, DS, the Saints' pass defense might look good now because of what they did against Philadelphia. No, because of what they did like three weeks in a row at home. Um. All right. That was one of those games. I know. I know. Okay. 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 Uh, the DSTs. Start Zach Ertz, by the way. But I don't know about Zach Ertz in, uh, in FanDuel. Redskins I'm okay with the Eagles good. DST. You don't know? Uh, he's not on the main slate. Uh, all right, fine. Redskins pretty good against uh, tight ends. And the week before the Eagles wide receivers were so 
terrible the against Falcons the Giants. Game? Mike Evans had six for 120 to touchdown. Adam Humphreys had three for 60 and a touchdown. And Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson combined for another 88 yards. Against who? The Giants. Oh, yeah, that was it. The Giants are ninth against receivers. So just throw that out there. San Francisco at Seattle. Stat of the game. Um, okay, let's try this one. Oh, uh, your fun fact about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has the longest continuous sidewalk in the world. It is four four and a half miles long. Now, San Francisco at Seattle, your stat of the game. There have been 11 running backs with double-digit carries against San Francisco. Melvin Gordon is the only one with more than 67 rushing yards. That includes Todd Gurley, David Johnson twice, Kareem Hunt, and Saquon Barkley. Once again, 11 running backs with double-digit carries against San Francisco, which Chris Carson will get, and only one of them has had more than 67 rushing guards. That's Melvin Gordon. So I probably should have brought that up when we did the rankings debates, but we won't belabor it anymore. If you missed the uh, Chris Carson discussion, Dave is much higher on him than Heath is. Uh, Can I make one last point? Yeah. The Seahawks are number one in the NFL in rushing, 4.6 yards per carry. They average 31.9 rushes per game. I believe that is the most in the NFL. This is a team that likes to run the football, wants to run the football. It's absolutely part of their identity, and they are at home. This is a great opportunity for Chris Carson to do well. He is no longer in my top 10, but he is still a very, very good start. Top 15 fantasy running back. Do you like Matt Breida more? Because Breida also has a chance here. No, I don't. I, do. I like Carson better. I do like Matt Breida more, and Matt Breida is a top 15 running back for me. Yep. Seahawks don't really have a good run defense. They allow 4.74 yards per carry to running backs. YBC for life. Uh, so Breida, start him up. He's been very, very good lately. How about the wide receivers in this game? How many of them are starts? I like Baldwin. I don't mind going right back to him this week. I love the matchup for him. He should have had a touchdown last week. I know he's not at 100%, but they they have been scheming up some stuff for him, especially in the red zone. And as long as he holds on to the football when he's in the end zone, that's all we're asking for. He's not going to be explosive with the yardage, but I think he can score. Of uh, the last six passing touchdowns that the 49ers have allowed, four have gone to the slot, two have gone to the left side of the formation away from Richard Sherman, and those are the two spots that Baldwin pretty much lines up in every single play. I've got four receivers in this game ranked between 24 and 35. <laughs> and rank them. Lockett, Baldwin, Moore, Pettis. Uh, okay, so Seattle's allowed 91 or more yards to a wide receiver in five straight games. So they're vulnerable. Now, those have been Marvin Jones, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, uh, Devontae Adams, and DJ Moore. And this the Niners, here's their wide receiver stat. 17 wide receivers have had just six or more targets against the Niners. Six or more, that's all the threshold is, 17 of them. 13 of those 17 have had, have had either 100 yards or a touchdown or both. So it is a, in a great matchup here for uh, Baldwin and Lockett and maybe even DJ Moore. Uh, all right, why David Dante Moore, Pettis? David Moore. Uh, David Moore, sorry, thank you. Why Dante Pettis? Is Goodwin playing? He has not been back with the team yet, so my assumption is no. My assumption is that there's no Garcon, and they lined him up in the slot, which I think is a good place to attack this defense, and he's the best receiver on the team if Goodwin and Garcon are neither one there. Sure. I like him I like him whether those guys play or not, and I think he's going to continue to play in the slot. Why not put him there? He's got speed, and uh, he can take advantage of... What's not a an easy matchup against Justin Coleman in that Seattle defense, but a beatable one. Okay, George Kittle, top five in non-PPR, top four in PPR. Seattle also very good against tight ends. Them faced the super toughest schedule, but no tight end is more than 54 yards against the Seahawks. So I guess I just wonder, is Kittle worth the price in DFS? I My thing is, he last week, he was, in my opinion, rightly, priced about the same range as Kelsey and Ertz have been all year. He had one game where he got 12 targets but didn't produce, and his price fell to 6800 on FanDuel. So I'm going to play a lot of George Kittle. He's at 5900 on DraftKings. He's given you about three times value in two of his last three. I don't have a problem going with him if you don't want to go with somebody cheaper. Like Eric Ebron at 4200 I think is very tough to resist. 
Yeah, last thing on Kittle is that I mentioned that only no no tight end has more than 54 yards against the Seahawks. Only one tight end has more than four targets against Seattle all year long. Kittle's definitely getting more than four targets. Uh, I hope so. You guys debated Russell Wilson uh, yesterday. Can you just give me your your 15-second summary of Dave? You have him 11th. Heath, you have him 5th. I think he'll have a good game, not a great game. I I don't think he'll have to throw as much, and I don't think three touchdowns will be there. I think it'll be more like 180 yards, two touchdowns. It's the same reason that Dave has Chris Carson top 15 or whatever, and I have him outside of the top 20. I think it's a lot easier to pass on San Francisco than run on him. All right, and the DST, Seattle's DST, second for Jamie, fourth for Dave, ninth for Heath. Uh, they Okay, listen to this. The, the Niners have allowed 35 sacks in 11 games. That's seventh most in the NFL. And that includes two recent games against Oakland and the Giants in which they allowed zero sacks because Oakland and the Giants are the two worst pass rushers in the NFL. So they have a terrible offensive line, and the Seahawks hopefully can take advantage. Uh, Rams are at the Lions. And without going through the stats of the game, I guess, I'll just sum it up. Thus, well, no. Here we go. Here's your stat of the game. Uh, in three games with a keep to leave, only Mike Williams caught a touchdown among uh, for wide receivers. Only Mike Williams caught a touchdown. Amari Cooper had nine yards. Larry Fitzgerald had 28 yards. Keenan Allen had 44 yards. That was with Talib. Eight games without a keep to leave, 14 wide receivers had 100 yards or a touchdown or both against the Rams. 11 wide receivers in eight games scored 17 or more PPR fantasy points. Does he really make that much of a difference as far as Kenny Galladay is concerned? I think he gives the Rams more confidence in blitzing. For the same reason why the Vikings will have more confidence in sending a blitz if Xavier Rhodes is on the field. I don't really care if Aqib Tlaib plays as far as Kenny Galladay goes. I We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Teams are going to roll all their coverage to him. He's going to be put in really tight spots, but he's so good in winning those jump ball type situations and catching balls in tight coverage that I'm just going to start him. Now, we've already talked about the Lions running, but we didn't talk about LeGarrette Blunt. But you guys have no interest in starting Blunt, even though the Rams have a pretty bad run defense. I'll flex him in non-PPR. I agree. I think he's he's an okay replacement for Melvin Gordon and uh, Carry On and Leonard Fournette. Uh, would you rather start Justin Jackson or LeGarrette Blunt? I'll take Blunt. Blunt. Okay. Uh, he's still, I think, pretty low in the rankings, so not, we're not he too is. enthusiastic. I know you guys are not starting Matthew Stafford and Galladay. I'll start Blunt over the Jaguars running backs. Okay. Galladay's a start. Um, Bruce Ellington. I gave this stat on uh, Tuesday on the Waiver Wire show. Ellington has had seven or nine targets in two straight games. And he's had six catches in both games. There have been five wide receivers this season with exactly seven, eight, or nine targets against the Rams. Five wide receivers. Three of them scored 18 or more PPR fantasy points. Uh, Thoughts on Ellington? Love, love, love him in DFS. He's dirt cheap. He's going to catch six or so passes. It's just whether he breaks that one tackle or not. Right, because last week was terrible on a yardage basis. I he's a in PPR he's a number three receiver. Can he get you ten and a half in full point PPR? That's the number for three times value on DraftKings. Oh yeah, uh, that should seven for thirty five yards. I think that's or, that's low. That's below. Like I've got him projected for thirteen point two in PPR. Well, like I said, six catches two weeks in a row, and uh, only 10% own Bruce Ellington. So, again, if you're desperate, I'm sure we like Adam Humphreys better, Josh Reynolds better. And speaking of Josh— I like, I like Bruce Ellington better than Josh Reynolds in PPR. You do? All right. And, and speaking of which, Josh Reynolds, uh, he's probably—well, he and the tight ends. I mean, we're going to start Cooks. We're going to start Robert Woods. We're going to start Todd Gurley, I would assume. Um, we're going to start Jared Goff. He's top seven for everybody. Uh, yeah, so this is a fun stat that doesn't matter because you're starting Gurley. Running backs averaged 6 yards per carry against the Lions before Damon Harrison, 3.8 yards per carry against the Lions since Damon Harrison. So just keep that, keep an eye on that. Uh, but yeah, Reynolds, 76% owned, getting a ton of red zone targets without Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah, is he a start? Absolutely. A very prominent flex option. 
and one of the wide receivers that you can turn to if you are feeling pressure to take a shot to win this week. Um, I'm a little more cautious on Josh Reynolds, and I love Josh Reynolds. Obviously, I've I've talked about him way too much, but last week the the week eleven game where he saw eight targets, Jared Goff threw forty nine passes. In his other ten games, he's averaging thirty three passes a game. So he basically threw fifty percent more passes than he has for the season. I don't know that you can expect more than five or six targets for Reynolds. And if that's the case, it's, you're probably looking at three to four catches. I'll take it against this Lions defense. They are they are so bad. They're bad against slot receivers. They're bad against outside receivers. They're bad against fast receivers. This sets up for a big day for all of the Rams wideouts. All right. As far as, far as the Rams tight ends go, which one would you start, and, and would you start him? Everett, and I wouldn't want to. I slightly prefer Higby, but I'm not going to. All right, Arizona's. Oh, last thing, uh, Heath. A little bit low on the DST. Rams DST fifth for Dave, fifth for Jamie, sixth for Dave, thirteenth for Heath. But you can start him. Arizona's at Green Bay. Uh, it's taken too long, so I'm going to just stop with the stats of the game. As far as Arizona goes, David Johnson is a must-start guy. Would you start Fitzgerald and or uh, Christian Kirk? Both flexes, high end flexes, very high. I, I think Kirk has more pop. Um, he, he might actually draw the tougher matchup in cover. I don't think this is a good matchup at all for the Arizona's pass defense. Fitzgerald's been struggling on the road. He scored last week. He still didn't break 10 fantasy points in non-PBR. He's uh, he's not somebody that I'm excited about using. And, and I'll just <laughs> say the exact opposite thing I just said about Josh Reynolds. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's gotten no targets at all the last two weeks. Yeah. Josh Rosen's thrown no passes at all the last two weeks. He had 10% of the targets last week, something like that. Yeah, that that may, that is true. I would expect it's more like a 35-pass attempt game, and I don't I don't think it's a bad matchup. It's a great match. I mean, game. the Packers allow the fourth-most points to the wide receivers, and their secondary is all beat up. Are they healthier now? Well, Alex, well, Breland might play. Not that that really makes a difference for how they cover Fitzgerald, but it's it, covering Larry Fitzgerald isn't the hardest thing in the world to do anymore. Covering Kirk could be a problem, but they've got one good corner in Alexander, and I would imagine that Alexander will go one-on-one with Kirk. I would start both Cardinals receivers over Josh Reynolds. I'll do the exact opposite. Would you start, Heath, would you start both Cardinals receivers over Bruce Ellington? Um, in, in non-PPR, I would. In PPR, I do prefer Kirk or Ellington to Kirk. All right, uh, Aaron Rodgers. So Dave has Rodgers eighth. Heath, you got him third. Third. Yeah, I don't think this Arizona pass defense is very good. I, I'm struggling with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think I made that clear earlier in the podcast. Um, but I do think that Aaron Rodgers has been a different beast at home than he has been on the road. And I don't think Arizona's pass defense is going to slow him down. I do think Randall Cobb helps because he now has two people that he trusts. And so I expect a good game. I think Philip Rivers was the first guy this year to have a big game against Arizona's pass defense. It's true. He was. And, yeah. And, you know, I, I'm happy for Randall Cobb coming back. I don't see him making a huge impact in this game. I see Aaron Jones making a huge impact in this game. Rodgers is going to be okay. I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll hurt you Drew Brees style, but I, I think the Packers kind of take a page out of the Cowboys playbook. We just saw Dallas lean on the run game and just grind their way to, a three-point win with 13 points. I think the Packers will score more than 13, probably closer to 23. Rodgers will get a couple scores. Jones will get one. They'll they'll be uh, they'll be good, and they'll handle Arizona like everybody else has. Right. I think Rodgers will be good. I don't think he'll be amazing. It's the pass attempts. You know, it's teams just run all over Arizona, and that's why Aaron Jones is top seven this week in both formats in the rankings. Uh, Devontae Adams is a must-start. We're not starting any other Green Bay wide receivers. We talked about that a little bit earlier. We'll keep an eye on MVS. Uh, Jimmy Graham outside the top 20. Arizona good against tight ends, and Jimmy Graham has been bad this year. And the Packers DST is almost universally owned at this point. 11th for Jamie, 10th for Dave, and 14th for Heath. They've been much better at home. And the Cardinals give up the most fantasy points DSTs. And that brings us to our final game. Uh, Chicago at the Giants. Giants have allowed a touchdown to a running back in every game this year. Just saying. But you well, got, maybe Tariq Cohen. 
All right. So why not Taquan Mizell? We have uh, we we did talk about this a lot uh, earlier in the show with the startup meter. So if you want to hear more about this game, check out what we said about Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Um, yeah, and you're starting Barkley and Beckham. That's it for the Giants, right? Correct. We are. Already- uh, yeah, Shepard's a flex. We already said maybe Anthony Miller as like a high upside no, flex, but Taylor Gabriel. I Taylor like Gabriel, Gabriel sorry. better, Taylor Gabriel. especially in PPR. He's Bruce Ellington with speed. And then Trey Burton, starter sit. Uh, he's not in my top 12, but I don't mind him. I think he can get you four catches. I think if they match him up against Alka Ogletree, he'll have a chance to score if they target him in the red zone. Okay. Would you start um, Would you start Vance McDonald or Taylor Gabriel? I'll go Vance. Vance. Would you start a Rams tight end or Taylor Gabriel? Gabriel. Great Gabriel. Rhett Ellison or a Rams tight end? Ellison. I will go Everett Higby Ellison. And that's it. That's it for this game. No no quarterbacks, right? Nah. No. Bears DST. Number one for Jamie and Heath. Number three for Dave. Woo! All right. I need a nap. Thank you, guys. Good stuff. Thank you. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, it's good to, it's good to feel better for sure. Um, mailbag later today. A ton of your questions. I have been too sick to answer them via email. We'll get to more than, more than we've ever done. Uh, we'll go rapid fire and answer as many as we can. Check it out. It'll air on Saturday morning. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Dave, play us out. You didn't give us a bonanza, Adam. I'll do it on the mailbag. Sorry. Do it on the mailbag. Na 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 na. No bonanza. Nah.